Hey there, entrepreneurs. Before we jump into the episode today, I just, I need to say a huge thank you. A huge thank you to you all because last week we surpassed a huge milestone. We surpassed 5,000 downloads for the podcast. Over 5,000 downloads just since the end of um, July when we launched. And to me, like that is just mind blowing. And I cannot thank you all enough for your support. And I hope that this podcast is a bright and helpful spot in your day. But for right now, I am going to jump in with the subscription box queen, Miss Julie Ball. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. Hey there, entrepreneurs. I am so excited, like beyond excited and just pretty geeking out right now about today's guest, um, who is Julie Ball, who is the founder and chief sparkler of Sparkle Hustle Grow, a monthly subscription box and online community for female entrepreneurs. You know, Julie leads thousands of women thousands of women, guys, through personal development and business training in a way that's fun and supportive. She is an author, a speaker, community builder, subscription box coach, and she's been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, USA Today, Pop Sugar, and US Weekly. You know, and she's been married for 11 years, which I just love. Um, I'm right around that 11-year mark myself. Um, Takes a lot of takes a lot of patience (laughs) Um, and a nine-year-old daughter and a mini labradoodle, Um, you know, and I have to say that, like I said earlier, I'm kind of geeking out because I've been a huge fan of her product for a couple years now. Um, And I'm just so excited to have you today, Julie. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. I am really excited to be here too. This is the things that you talk about are so important. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, and that's, we were talking about that right before we came in here is like, there's, there's no kind of rosy picture to anybody's life. It's the highlight reel, or I like to say the final performance, Mm -hmm. Um, but you have to remember all those dress rehearsals that happened that are not on social media or anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, tell us, let's jump right in because I know you've had a, you've had a pretty cool journey entrepreneurial wise, but also health wise and lots of things like that. So jump in and take us, you know, take us to how you got to this point right now. Sure. Okay. So I'll try to make this brief, but I was a, I'm a former corporate ladder climber. So (laughs) yes. So while I worked in a really great industry, it was the music industry. It was a very high stress industry. And at one point when I was in a manager position, I was the digital sales manager at CBS radio. And you think, you know, you work in radio, you can get away with a little bit more. And I show up in um, dress pants and a blouse, but I had on black chucks and they're like, uh, no. The black chucks are not going to cut it. And um, that was the day where I was like, corporate is not for me anymore. No. Even, even if I can't wear chucks with my dress outfit. And it looked cute too. I mean, yeah. give me a break. Because I'm sorry, we can rock those. Like I do the same yeah. thing. I would prefer to wear skinny jeans, chucks, and a blouse and a jacket. Than- exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that was that pivotal moment that I was like, okay, 
this is not for me. I envision something else. But it wasn't until I was pregnant with my daughter who was born in 2011. It wasn't until I was pregnant with her that I felt like I had my out, like my big reason for leaving. And in hindsight, I don't need that reason. My choice is my reason. Exactly. Right. But at that time, my mindset was in a different place. Um, And so I left my corporate job, my corporate, it was my identity basically, and became a stay-at-home mom. And for me, being a stay-at-home mom felt uncomfortable. It was all these things that I didn't know how to do. I was learning on the fly, like many of us. Um, But there was this bucket in my life that felt empty. It was unfulfilled. And it was that professional development. It was that, um, you know, what drove, I'm very type A, very ambitious. And I wasn't getting that bucket filled. And so um, with my background in marketing, internet marketing specifically, I knew all I needed was a internet connection, a computer, and a client. And so I started kind of, um, I guess you would call it moonlighting. I mean, I was working during naps, nights, and weekends, essentially. That's what a lot of us do. A lot of us have done that. Right. And so I was building small business websites. I was doing SEO for small businesses and eventually grew it into an agency um, for women business owners. And I collaborated with a lot of other women to help do that, like photographers, graphic designers, copywriters, that type of thing. We became a full service agency and it was great. And fast forward to 2016, we decided to move to, we were living in Charlotte area, Charlotte, North Carolina area. We decided to move to the mountains because the mountains were calling and we wanted to move before our daughter McKenna started kindergarten before she was kind of, you know, in all these sports and all these things. So we moved to the Asheville, North Carolina area. And while it was this beautiful community, um, I just, I didn't know my neighbors yet. I didn't have any new friends around the area. And I was just getting a little bit um, antsy behind the screen. And so uh, because everything was digital. All my work was online. And so to try to fill that gap, I started dabbling in a new project, like typical for me. I don't know. Um, I'm sh- I do the same thing. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of your listeners are multipreneurs or, you know, mm-hmm. they have a million different ideas. Yep. And so the idea of a subscription box came to mind because I like getting happy mail, you know, mail that's not a bill, yeah. something that's going to delight me when I open it up. And I wanted to continue to serve the female entrepreneur, entrepreneur audience, those that I was already serving, but I wanted to serve them in a different way. And I thought, oh, maybe there's a way to build community around that. And so in fall of 2016, I launched Sparkle Hustle Grow, which is my monthly subscription box and online community for female entrepreneurs. And, you know, I didn't know if it was going to have legs, if it was going to work. And I took this huge leap of faith, fast forward nine months, and I had already replaced my full-time income. And so, you know, over the next year or so, I'm trying to decide what I want to do, what I want to pivot, if I want to continue to pursue this and the agency. And at at one point I I realized that my heart, I had to follow my heart because your heart and your fulfillment is a key performance indicator in your business. Exactly. Do you forget about that, especially as women? Like that's, that's like the one that you need to listen to the most. Thank you. Yes. It's not just numbers. It's not just sales. It's not just, you know, um, the conversion rate. It's also (laughs) like, how fulfilled are you? How do you feel about your business? How do you feel on a Monday morning when it's time to go to work? Yeah. And so I, I realized that that's where my heart was and I wanted to pursue the, the box business full time. And at that point I shut down my agency, passed off clients to other um, agencies to help them through that transition and then went all in on the business. And, you know, it, it was a clearly a gap that needed filled at the time. And um, because the momentum was unbelievable. 
And it was just so much fun. And I couldn't believe, and I still to this day, I can't believe this is what I get to do. <laughs> I, know. I mean, I have to say like, every time I open one of your boxes, I'm like, oh, it's like Christmas, like every yeah. single month. And I think, you know, a lot of people probably feel very similarly because as women, like that's my selfish thing. Yeah. that I get every month. It means more to me than just like, oh, business supplies and a cool book and course. Like right. to me, it is like, don't touch this children. I love you, but this is mine. Yeah, <laughs> like- I love it. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the box, every single month we send a book, like a personal development or business training book. We send um, office supplies, tech gadgets. Um, we send, we give access to a, a beautiful supportive community of other women business owners. And we do online trainings together every single month. Right. So it really, what we call it is the best business expense ever because you can write it all off. Well, right. I mean, and that's the thing that's like, there's never been a topic that I haven't found helpful awesome. that has shown up in your book. I mean, in your box, like every book, even if I can't read it right then, I'm like, you're definitely going on the shelf and you're not going away because I know I will need you at some point in time. So yeah. for me as a business owner, I love that I can write it off and I love that it's all mine. Yes. <laughs> <it shows> <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, you'll have to edit that out. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> We're real life here. <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'm good. Um, so what I was going to say is, yeah, I think what's great about it is it's like I get to go shopping for my girlfriends every single month. The things that you need are likely what I need. The business training that you need is likely what I personally want to dive into as well. So it's just this beautiful, um, fun gig that I have. And so about two years into it, I had a lot of people saying, can I pick your brain? Can I ask you how you did this? And I'm one of those people who's like perpetual cheerleader. I want to help as many people as possible, but there gets a point where you just, you can't invest that much time without compensation. And that is when I launched subscription box bootcamp. And that's the, that's the other side of my business. I coach other women how to launch their own subscription box business. That's amazing. I mean, I think it's so smart because like you said, like you've, you've seen it all <laughs> at this point, right? In the evolution of your business and that kind of paying it forward. But I, I love how you said, you know, you would, get, you would give it away for free, but one, that's not scalable. And two, yeah. like you need, to, you need to step in and value yourself and the, the years of experience that you bring to the table with it, which I just think in paying it forward in a business is a great idea. Yeah. And the way I like to liken it is, you know, plumbers get paid a really good rate and I have the same tools like I have a plunger and I have some of these other tools that they would use in the bathroom to fix something, but I don't have the skill set to know what to do. And so I'm more than happy to pay that person to do right. that for me. And that's the way I like to look at it for myself is that I have a, a very unique skill set in a very niched down business model. And so it took me some, some mindset work to get through that though. Cause you know, there's people that are saying, you know, why won't you do this all for free? And, um, you know, we have to put food on the table and we, you know, I'm the, the breadwinner. And so that's on me to find ways to support other people, but also support my family. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as women, we definitely struggle with that, right? Mm -hmm. That people pleasing, like, well, why can't you just do it? Why don't you just tell it? I mean, as a business coach, I get that a lot. Like, can yeah. I pick your brain for two seconds? And I'm like, uh, like two seconds doesn't usually mean two seconds to be right. honest. Um, and like, like you said, could, would you go to a plumber and say, Hey plumber, can I talk to you? Can you talk me free. through how to fix my pipes for free? Right. <laughs> like, it doesn't work that way. Um, but I mean, so talk about, you know, there's obviously been ups and downs and you and I were talking about some of the more personal things before we jumped on here. So, mm -hmm. you know, 
talk us through kind of those hard moments, you know, anxiety driven moments, like the real moments really is what I want to hear about in building Girl, I deal with all the same things that your listeners do. <clears throat> I deal with anxiety. I deal with imposter syndrome. Yeah. I deal with people pleaser syndrome. Mm-hmm. And you know, what it comes down to is just for me, it's a lot of mindset work. So that's one of the reasons why I include a personal development book in every single Sparkle Hustle Grow Box because of the impact that it's made for me. And so, for example, um, let's take um, the imposter syndrome, right? <laughs> yeah, that's so a good one. Yeah. It comes up all the time. And so we included, we built an entire month around that in Sparkle Hustle Grow. Why? Because I know I needed it, but I know you need it. And so does everybody else. And I, it doesn't happen naturally to just like fix these things or to tune them out. You, you really have to dive into like, what are the underlying problems? How do I fix this? And how do I not let this eat away at my soul? Exactly. Cause it does, it chips away like little piece by little piece. And I feel like, you know, sometimes we think that success is just going to like fill that void and just everything's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. Like you said, with your corporate career, like, and I experienced the same, you checked all the boxes and then you're kind of like, well, what the fuck is this? Like this didn't do it. So unfulfilled. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, it's so true. So the, and then the second part of that would be, you know, mindset work, but two is to really surround yourself with people that are supportive, truly Mm -hmm. supportive. And while in my business, I may lead a group of women and I'm their cheerleader, know that I have my own set of cheerleaders as well. Um, I can't do this on my own and I have a really supportive team. I have a supportive family and I lean in on them when I, when I'm feeling down, I'll tell them, say, guys, I need some help with this. Um, while I might not be the best at asking for help in the house, I'm really good at asking for help in my business. Good. Yeah. And I think it's really important. I mean, I hear a lot of, um, a lot of leaders in general have said this to me and, and I know I felt it at times and sometimes it's kind of lonely at the quote unquote top, right. Um, you know, as a leader. So I think it's speak a little bit more about how, how that feels to be leading, to be leading, especially if you're dealing with anxiety, especially if you're dealing with crap behind the scenes. And then yes. I know for myself too, like you still, you still have to show up and you, mm-hmm. you know, you have to kind of put on the face to some extent. So speak a yeah. little bit about that. So I have a couple of thoughts on that. First is it's a very volatile world on social media right now. And as a leader, you're expected to show up and it's a very hard balance sometimes because you, you know, you stand on your own values and you of course want to share that, but you, there's a lot of times where I've got things going on at the house, um, whether it's with my daughter or with my marriage that I I can't show up for everybody all the time because I got to deal with my own stuff too. Right. And that's really hard to convey to people when they're expecting you to show up. Yes. yes you know, yeah. and um, I think I've, I've struggled with that more than ever during this, um, during COVID, during this quarantine, because I'm ambitious and I do a lot of, I, I've done a lot during the quarantine, during the COVID era, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. um, and a lot of my colleagues and friends are struggling and um it's, it's really hard. I don't even know how to explain this. Like I try to show up for them and their business model might not be able to pivot as quickly as mine might be able to, or maybe they've got um, underlying health issues that are going to get in the way of, of something else. And so keeping all of those factors in mind for who your audience is and who you're leading, but also tapping into yourself to like, 
can I show up today authentically or am I putting on a front and you know, there's a lot of people that are being accused of toxic positivity right now. I like to find this, this um, space between positivity and reality. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's what helps me a lot when I'm leading Sparkle Hustle Grow is I'm going to share my hard times too when I can. If it's so hard that I can't show up that day, then I just won't, I won't show up and I have to honor myself and give myself that space. But when I do show up and if I have a bump in the road with my business, for example, if something's showing up late, like if products are showing up late or maybe there's some shipping issues, I try to be as transparent about that as possible yeah. because my audience are also business owners. They know that this is a roller coaster of ups and downs. Nothing's perfect. I'm not perfect either. And I think, I think that makes me more relatable and more human um, in my, in my private Facebook group where we have that safe space for our online, for our subscribers. Um, it's just sharing the good and the bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I have to say kudos to you because I'm like the business person to me. I'm always watching different businesses and you've done an amazing job in that group of, of exactly that. Of Thanks. saying, you know what, sh and even like, even because of, again, like not to be creepy, but I just, I love looking at different businesses and I'm re always reading the comments. Even if I'm not interacting, I'm always yeah. kind of looking at the business models. Oh, and learning and, from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah I, I, yeah. I mean, you do, you guys do a great job of just making people s feel seen, right? Because I think we both know a lot of customer service is just saying, I see you. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not about necessarily having the immediate fix. It's about saying like, no, I see you. I'm acknowledging that this is a pain point for you. Yes. Here's how we're fixing it. And you do, you just do an amazing job of that. So kudos. Thank you. And know that, you know, when we see them, when we, when we say to someone, I see you and I hear you trust, we're having the conversations behind the scenes too, to yeah. figure out like, okay, what are we going to do about this? And yeah. I think, um, you know, one of the things that I have put in my business and I've taught my team is to, use the golden rule. And it's like the simplest concept. Yes. And it doesn't always happen to us. People don't always use the golden rule on us um, because let's be honest, a product-based business, yep. or even a service-based business, you're going to get reviews of people that are pissed yep. typing in all caps at you. And <laughs> we try to, um, you know, make them feel seen and heard and try to come up with a solution, but try not to internalize that because you know, when I get a bad review that's, or an angry person that didn't like something, like the first thing I think of is, ouch, you know, that hurts. hurts. And yeah. so that was one of the first things I had to outsource was my customer service. Cause I was having physical reactions to it. Yeah. When someone would say, do a credit card dispute. And for those of you who don't know that if someone um, reaches out to their credit card and said, I, I did not charge this, this is a fraudulent thing, whether that was fraudulent or whether they're trying to pull one over me, you know, what, whatever the reason is, it didn't matter. When a dispute came through, I would have a physical reaction of like intense, like not adrenaline, but like, you know how you get all like prickly all over your body just yeah. feels like you have the chills and I'd feel sick to my stomach as I would pulling together the evidence to support, like I shipped that box, it should be paid for. Yeah. And so that's, you know, there's my anxiety would creep up. And then when my anxiety hits, it would turn into pain because I have fibromyalgia. You and I were talking about yeah. this yeah. and I'll be happy to talk more about this in a minute, but to, to finish up this point, um, it was one of those things where I had to start getting out of my own way. And I had to think, think of things. What were the toxic tasks that I was doing in my business and how can I outsource those? 
And I, I started very slowly with a virtual assistant, maybe 10 hours a month. And then she eventually grew over the years into my entire director of customer experience. It's awesome. But I had to outsource that because it was so physically and emotionally exhausting. And I was internalizing that. And, I, and I, now I use a better, now that I'm you know, more removed from it, I, I still see them come through because I want to keep my finger on the pulse. Um, but I come from a bless and release um, kind of mindset um, that I know I'm not for everyone. I know my product's not for everyone and that's okay. Right. Exactly. And I think it's, I think it's really powerful what you're saying. And, you know, I, I hear it said a lot that you have to understand what is yours to own, yeah. right? Whether, you, whether you're just a solopreneur, whether you're handing things off, whatever that is, you know, I, I actually say that to clients a lot, like that's not your shit to own. Yeah. Like you showed up, you did the best that you were able to do. Your intentions were never to hurt anybody, which I think right. 99% of the time you're not like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to try to screw you out of the monthly fee. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe there are some people out there who are like doing that, but majority of the time that's not really happening. I think it's just, you know, the 20% of people that get the bad name. Um, but I, I think the fact that you're saying like that detachment is, is so powerful because you're more attached to the process and less mm -hmm. attached to the outcome. Mm -hmm. So powerful. And when you are the CEO when you are responsible for making all the decisions and you know everything going on in your business how do you say like there's things that you're just not supposed to be doing yes and that comes in time i was doing my own customer service for for a while um and then i realized that i was getting in my own way and that my time would be spent better spent somewhere else and so i hired someone for it and they the person that I hired for it, she does way better than I could. It's like her zone of genius to deal exactly. with that. Exactly. Like, I mean, and that's something that, that's completely underrated because you know what guys, there's somebody who loves that stuff. Let's yes. do it. Yes. Just like house cleaning. I'm yes. terrible at it and I don't like to do it, but they, I have met some amazing house cleaners that she said like this one specific one I have in mind. She's like, this is my happy place. Yeah. When I see the transformation from before to after and I leave and it smells so good and it looks so clean and there's no chaos. She's like, can you not see how much joy this brings me? And I'm like, oh, thank God that there's people like, I hate it. <laughs> and we all have that zone of genius and we all have our happy places. And just because this isn't your happy place doesn't mean it's not someone else's. Right. And I think, I think sometimes people like, you know, mask that and like, well, you know, you should be able to do it all, you know, especially with the house. Or guilt you because you've hired someone to clean your house. Yeah. Oh my God. That was one of the first things I outsourced. And mm. I definitely got some, some shit from some people because, mm -hmm. but I was like, if I, number one, if I was running a business, which is how I tend to kind of look at the operations of my house and like our budget and our, you know, not my kids, obviously they're my kids. I love them, but you know, <laughs> but if I was running a business, I would outsource the things that I don't have time for, or I'm not good at. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. And <laughs> like, the opportunity cost, you could be spending that time with your family. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, tell us a little bit more, you know, let's go in the fibromyalgia thing. Let's go, let's go down that route and, and talk to us about kind of your journey with that. Yeah. So um, for those of you who don't know, fibromyalgia in its simplest form is just unexplained widespread pain. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. Um, you know, where my muscles would be tender, um, joints, aches, like everything just would hurt from head to toe. And if you've ever tried to parent or run a business when you're dealing with pain, it brings it to a very different level. Yes, it does. 
Yep. And so it w it took me years and years and years to figure out like what the source of this was. Um, a lot of it was attributed to my um, type A personality. A lot of it was attributed to the anxiety I was already dealing with. And a lot of it was that I tend to silo my emotions. Anybody else? Yeah. Raise your hand. Hands up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I learned very quickly um, that I need to not just manage my stress, but I need to talk it out as well. Mm -hmm. And having a talk therapist, I use an app called Talkspace, was the single most impactful thing for me dealing with my pain. Mm -hmm. I read this book and uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's, I think it was called the Mind Body Prescription nice. um, that explained to me how your thoughts and emotions can be manifested into your body. And I'm only part woo, like guys, I'm not, I'm not like off in woo woo world with this. This is like science. Yeah. There's science behind There's, there's absolutely science behind, science behind it. Yes. I mean, that doesn't mean that, you know, I don't have crystals or, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll be flipping tarot cards after this. So don't worry about it. But yeah, believe the science you know, too. That makes it even better. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's things I practice like gratitude and right. sometimes yoga when I can and, <laughs> But um, my point, the point of this is that once I realized that there was this mind, body, emotion connection, um, and I was able to find some resources to help me through that, I was able to really manage my fibromyalgia. And I'm not kidding that when I started talk therapy and just like started sharing how I felt and learning how to communicate with my husband about how I felt about things, yeah. um, my pain dropped at least 50%. So that's not a coincidence. There's no way. No, there's no way. And it was near immediate too. And by near immediate, I'm talking like the first 90 days of talking with a therapist and implementing the things and like thinking about the things that she's telling me to think about, you know, like you can talk to a therapist and they're like, so I want you to think about this and dive really deep and you could just ignore that and nothing's going to happen. Right. But if you really sit with it and think about it and then communicate with your partner or find a trusted friend also, um, that I don't want to say that you unload on, but that you are able to safely share things with. Right. So I just, I love that you're saying this as a leader, you know, of a female community. I just, I love hearing you speak about it because it's so true. And I think we are almost trained to smile and siphon it in, but there's, uh -huh. you know, that whole concept of dis-ease like in your body, like it, it will manifest somewhere. You just yep. may not make the connection, mm -hmm. but that like achy neck or like the migraines you're getting or whatever that is may not be a medical thing. It may yep. be a byproduct of stress. I had a very, very sp specific pain in my lower right back. Yeah. And I would dig my thumb into it and try to work it out all the time, thinking that it was just like muscular. I would get massage therapy, you know, not like spa day, but like deep, like <laughs> get in there and get it out. Oh my gosh. It was yeah. painful. And none of that worked as well as talk therapy. And it's, in, I'm, I'm glad you said, um, about being as a leader talking about this freely because yeah. there's stigmas around it. And it was interesting. It was a couple of years ago. I heard one of my mentors talk about using talk therapy as an app, uh, the talk space app. And it, opened my eyes like, oh, that's how she copes. <laughs> and it almost gave me that push that I needed to pursue something like that. Because I realized like 
I could use someone to talk to. And I, you know, I've got my best friends and I've got my husband, but I don't think I was communicating. I know I wasn't communicating well with my husband about how I really felt about things. And our marriage is improving. Um, my pain level is improving. I mean, I, and, oh, this is so interesting. If my husband and I have a disagreement about something, neither of us are yellers. We just like, <laughs> you, you just know, keep that right in your side. We're, we're both stubborn and we're just like, and I'm okay with disagreeing to disagree and he's not. So. <laughs> it just goes on forever. It so goes on, yeah. It's so interesting though, if we have a, a disagreement that's a little more intense, I get that same pain in my lower back, like within 24 hours. And I'm like, oh, there it is. We got to deal with this. Yeah, you get a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just thank you. Thank you for saying it because you're, you're spot on. And I think having that authenticity, somebody out there is just waiting for somebody else to say it. I've always found that like somebody else is, thinks it's in their head mm-hmm. or God knows how many of us have been told that it's because you work too oh, yeah. much or it's because it's, it's in your head or it's because of kids or it's because of everything else. But you know, you got to do the internal work. Yes to let it go too, before you decide which, which route to go. Yeah. So like my little toolkit would be, you know, books, yeah. Uh, audible. I listen to a lot of books on audible too, because, and Blinkist, I don't know if you've heard of Blinkist. No, it's basically like cliff notes for books. Oh, good to um, know. So each blink is like one of the major like themes of the book. And so you can read the, they kind of like the cliff notes and they also have a lot of them um, that read them to you as well. And I know that sounds really, really lazy, but I'm a really busy person. Exactly. And if I um, not only am thinking about including a book for the box, you know, I can get a quick overview of it before I say, okay, I really need to read this through. Cause I read every book before I put it in the box. Awesome. That's great. Easy, right? Yeah. And so I do this um, audible Blinkist um, talk space again, is that, that therapy app. And it's really cool. Cause you can text with your therapist. You can do audio. And then some plans let you do like video chats. Because yeah. um, funny story, I would have too much anxiety to actually go into a therapist's <laughs> office. But that's so true. That is a true thing. Like I've right? done the same thing where I'm like, Ooh, if I text them, am I, am I bothering them? Am right. I, I going to call them? What do I have to do to can, leave my house? <laughs> with this app, you can text anytime and then they have their office hours where they're going to respond. But sometimes when something's in the heat of the moment, I'm like, I need to deal with this now. And I'm going to tell her exactly how my, I'm going to tell my therapist exactly how I feel about this right now. And that's the most, um, she gets to see like the highest level of my emotions with it. And then, you know, there's going to be a day or two later, my, my emotions probably have leveled out. Now let's talk about this with like a level. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's really true because I think sometimes if you're just going and sitting on a couch once a week or, you know, sitting in an office or having that meeting once a week, like she's like, so how was your week? And I'm like, I don't even know what day it is. I've dealt with 15 catastrophes just in the last 48 hours alone. I don't know what sparked which panic attack at this point. (laughs) And that may work for some people that might be a great safe place. But for me, I wanted something on the fly and I wanted something quick and easy. And it's, it was really impactful and it was really cool. Okay. Cause when you sign up for Talkspace and I've been on it, I don't know, for like a year or two now. So I don't know if it's exactly the same, but you take a survey um, and they match you up with different therapists that you can, you know, look into or Facebook stock or, you yeah. know, look at their website, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Whatever you need to do. <laughs> um, and then you get to choose which one. And if say they gave you three and you're like, Mm-mm, not feeling any of those, they'll give you another set of three until you find the right match. And I'm like, this is no surprise that this is how I'm getting matched up with my therapist. I met my husband on match.com. 
I run an online business. The algorithms are good for you. (laughs) Apparently, (laughs) apparently, you know, so it's, it's just been a really good experience for me. Um, And now it's even a a funny joke because my husband now feels much more comfortable talking to me about things, about issues that might come up or like if he sees toxic habits or something like that, because I can communicate better. I can also receive better. And now he's like, Hey, um, Next time you talk to your therapist, maybe ask her about this. And, and I'm you're like, like, what do you mean? No. But now uh, you're not, uh, like, now you're not okay. like, what do you mean? But now you're like, oh, okay, I can do that. Yeah. So now I can receive that yeah, a little bit great. better as well. And I have to think that it's going to kind of roll over into my business too. Yeah. Accepting criticism through reviews, mm-hmm. accepting, um, you know, dealing with stressful situations. Um, you know, a lot of times people blame shipping issues on us when after we've handed it off to the postal service or UPS or whoever, you know, like those kinds of situations, I'm, I can deal with that stuff now. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes the, the, the mean ones, the all caps yelly, those ones are, are still tough on me. Well, um, yeah. I mean, in your business, I mean, this, this will resonate with most entrepreneurs listening. I mean, does, is an extension of you. Yeah. So it says volumes that, you know, you've kind of, you've found the tools to, to deal with that and understand that it's not an attack at you. Yeah. You personally, you know, I think it's failing. I'm always, I tell my kids this all the time that, you know, failing is good. Um, that's like a big thing in our household and I'm a type A too. So that's, that's hard thing to say. (laughs) Um, but you know, I think, I think bravo, bravo for kind of managing your emotions and you're right. It's probably rolled over to your business and you're probably setting a great example though, too, for your team as well. Well, I, I hope so, but I want to be clear too. Like I have my meltdowns. Of course, of course we do. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know, like anybody who's like, they don't, I'm like, yeah, when were you I in the bathroom? Well, I, just, like, I just didn't want to paint the picture. Just didn't want to paint the picture that it's like, you've got your tool set and you're all good. There's no. still moments where, where it's really, really hard. And I've been lucky enough to have and find an amazing team and to over the years create um, and nurture super fans, um, where I've got a bunch of people that are all mama bears about my business. And yeah. so when, if someone were to attack me on a public forum, like social media, if they were to attack my business, my coaching program, or me personally, I feel confident that, you know, I'll hear that criticism and, you know, see if there's merit in it, if it's constructive, great. Right. But I know that there's going to be people that will have my back. And I think that's so important too, as entrepreneurs, like we're not on an island. It is so important to spend time building your support system, whether that's through, you know, super fans or through your team or both or more, you know, whatever that network is. Um, So I think that really helps me too. um, So that I'm not, you know, having a pity party over here by myself. (laughs) <laughs> right. I mean, and I, I actually have clients who get really scared of what you just said, like happening, right? Like they're, mm-hmm. they are kind of on the cusps of being really successful and they have actually come in there like, Michelle, it takes one nasty person yeah. online to take me out at the knees. But, you know, I think it, I think it's a very good strategy. What you just said is surrounding yourself by people who are, who have integrity, who understand what you're trying to accomplish and who know that you are not a jerk. Like, and who know you as a person versus like a product that's just detached from humans, right? Like there's something to be said about remembering there is a human on the other side of your fucking comments. So (laughs) much. Yes. Yes. And I, one thing that comes to mind is if we have a subscriber and usually they're a newer subscriber, 
if they complain publicly about something or like we have a private Facebook group just for our subscribers. If someone complains in there, there's, it is clear, like if they complain in a certain way, it's clear that they don't know us well enough, that they don't know us well enough that we would never do anything on purpose to hurt you or to um, cheat you or, you know, our subscribers know that we are going to make good too. So give us a chance to make good if something's wrong. And it's, it's almost one of those things where it's like, sometimes I want to teach people to be a good consumer because it's like, go straight to that company, give them a chance to make good on it. If they can't make good or if they blow you off or if it's radio silence, then do what you need to do. Do if you need to go give them a bad review or if you need to blast them, if that's what you need to do, do it. Um, but give them a chance first, because if, you know, as, as your audience of, of entrepreneurs here, like, wouldn't you want someone to come to you first to make yes. something better? Yeah. And so um, that, is, that is a big challenge when you use something like Facebook ads, for example, because you're getting into an audience that might not know you. They might just be meeting you for the first time and they don't know your heart yet. They don't know your customer service levels. And we want to always over deliver on all of that. And so I, I love as people get to know us, that they start to come to us and just sometimes they just email us when they want to talk to somebody. And I love that, you know, it's not just, Hey, this product was broken or my box didn't show up. They're sharing life events with us and they're sharing, you know, um, they saw a product when they were at target the other day and they're like, this would be perfect for the box. You know, like they feel like there's that open convert, that open communication channel. And I love that. Um, but if you aren't pouring into your, your customers, they might not see that. They might not know that they can do that with you. Yeah, I think, and I think people overcomplicate it, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say like the Facebook ads, right? Like mm-hmm. I think you have to, I, I find a lot of people come to me and they're like, well, Michelle, what's the tactical thing to do? Like, what is the Facebook ad and the algorithm and the pipeline and the this and the that? And I'm always like, well, have you even looked at your client base? And, you know, like you said, poured into them. Mm-hmm. Like, have you treated them like human beings? Have you mm-hmm. set the stage for a humanized company <laughs> that you're putting mm-hmm. out there? Um, you know, because it's less about kind of those cold tactics, which some, they work obviously. Right. But to your point, if you don't have thick skin, and you're going to put out a massive Facebook ad, you better not read those comments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and especially hurt. like when you see that little angry face on your <laughs> Facebook ad, it's like, why are they angry at me? I didn't do anything. In fact, I paid for something. It's not a personal attack. My Facebook ad is not a personal attack on you. <laughs> I know there's a, I have um, a coach that I worked with um, <laughs> would like screenshot them and be like, am I an evil? Can somebody just confirm that I'm not an evil human being? No, like and I, I get it. There's a lot of things out there that are obnoxious, like bro marketing and, you know, political ads that yeah. are just yeah. hateful, you know, yeah. but I'm selling a pink box of office supplies <laughs> and personal development. You need <laughs> to chill out. <laughs> like a supportive community. Yeah. <laughs> so like, anyhow. That person needs the therapist too. Um, <laughs> or a hug. I'm not really quite sure. A hug. There you go. <laughs> like, there's so many things. Um, well, I mean, So what would you think is kind of your number one reason for kind of like, say you have, I like to call them floor moments, you know, like usually on your bathroom floor, you're crying, you don't want to get your ass out of bed, whatever that looks like. Like, what is your number one kind of go-to to to help you rally in those moments? Oh, I think it's definitely my, my team. Um, I have, I've been very lucky to have an amazing team of women. um, And they, so this just kind of happened sort of by design, but sort of by luck. 
is that each one of my core member or core team members have a different role. Like for example, Renee, who's our customer service, our director of customer experience. She handles our social media, um, community building, customer service. She is our like, yes girl. She is like, you need a hype girl, Renee's your girl, right? <laughs> and then awesome. we've, yeah. And then we've got Amy, who is our operations manager. So she's like air traffic control, like making sure everything's happening when it's supposed to. And she's the girl who's like, but have you thought about it this way? You know, like that, um, yeah. she's very behind the scenes operations mind, um, where it's like, okay, there's more than one way to do this. Let's figure out what's the best way. Then what are the steps we're going to take? And <laughs> very operational. I can appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> and so it's just like, when I think about the, and you know, it goes on and on with my team members, they each have this very unique role that they play, but also a unique personality that just like, I know who, to, who I need to go to when I need something. And, and that's just a beautiful thing. So I would say, you know, um, I love that quote. It's um, every woman has a team of, what was the quote exactly? It's um, every successful woman has a um, tribe of successful women who have her back, something like that, yeah. where yeah. it's all about your support system. Yeah. And I, and I think, like you said earlier, like it, you're not on an island. Yeah. And I, one, of the, one of the first things I tell entrepreneurs who are starting out is I'm like, go build that tribe. It can be two people. It can yes. be 50 people. Exactly. Quality over quantity is mm -hmm. kind of what I prefer with that too. And it sounds like you're doing an amazing job of building that team as well. You know, and because there are going to be those days and sometimes people will say, well, then that's what your why is for when you're having your bad day. And I was like, yep. that's, and I understand that. And I can appreciate that to a point, but sometimes I just need a girlfriend to be like, yeah. no, you don't suck at life. Get off yeah. the floor and keep walking. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what we do too. That reminded me, we actually have a um, shared iPhone album with my, my team, my core leadership team. And anytime, and it's called love notes. And anytime we see someone bragging on sparkle hustle grow or bragging on my coaching program, we screenshot it and drop it in the love notes album. Awesome. That, that way, you know, if you're having a bad day, you go in there and you read about all the lives we're impacting, all the change that we're making and all the women we're helping. And it can seriously change my mindset in a hot second. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's good that you're actively celebrating. Like I'm part of an organization called Polka Dot Powerhouse. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, it's a women's connection company that's, that's all over the United States and in Canada. But part of our standard meeting agendas is a celebration portion of the meeting. And oh, at first, it. like the, the women were like, you want me to what? <laughs> but I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is the time to brag about yourself. Because I remember leading it and I'd be like, no, it'd be crickets. And I'd be like, no, somebody in here. I don't care if it's like you got out of bed today and you're celebrating that or like you like just sold a million dollars. I don't care, I, you know, but actively celebrating really does. It changes your entire day and like puts you in a completely different trajectory for your business. I agree. And it's hard if you are a solopreneur because you're like, oh, who am I going to tell? Or like, you know, oh, I'll put another post-it on the wall for my, you know, this person that joined my group, my program or whatever. Um, but that's why where it's the most important when you are a solopreneur, it doesn't mean you have to hire someone right away. Like you can just find community. Right. Um, what I find with my subscribers is they join for the stuff, but they stay for the community. Yes. And that's because so many of us thrive in community and need that. And especially with right now where we're not as able to be in person or um, we're not able to go to like 
events, event marketing, or like going to events was a huge, right. um, huge line item of my budget because I thrive in community. My team does. We support community and we can't do that right now. Right. And so as a solopreneur, I can imagine it'd be even harder because you're at home by yourself and your computer. And so find those people, find, you know, those, that um, community. And again, even if it's just one person to start with, you know, yeah. you can be accountability partners at the very least. Yeah, exactly. Or just like the person that you text, like today's crappy and they say, try again tomorrow. Like it could be as simple as that exchange. Like, because, mm -hmm. you know, we are, we are in these islands, especially like physically because of yes. COVID, um, we've been forced onto islands, but the internet is a beautiful thing. And I love that you said about just texting someone when you're having a hard day. And then on the flip side of it, who can you pour into today? Like, exactly. I would challenge your listeners to, to find one person today that you can just send an encouraging note to, like text them something like, hey, you looked awesome in that picture yesterday, or hey, I heard you on this podcast, or, or whatever it is, or like, even if it's just the question like, was thinking about you, how can I support you today? You yeah. know, that stuff pouring into others is going to just, it's, it's good for them, but it's good for you too. Yeah. I mean, and, and it'll change your world. I think mm -hmm. I was a conversation with my seven-year-old the other day about like, you know, how to deal with bad days, yeah. you know, and you know, we were, we were talking about that and I was like, well, go, you need to be of service. Like, and he's, he's, he's a little uber smarter than like your, your typical seven-year-old and he gets really big concepts, which yeah. kind of scares me a little bit. But, <laughs> but, you know, I was talking about like, when you're having a bad day, when you feel like you're at your shittiest, go to a place of service, you know, love and it. go and, you know, the first thing I do is I pay for the person behind me in the coffee line. If I, I love it, crap, you know, any of that stuff, but and also check in, checking in on your strong friends is another thing that I hear mm. a lot from people too, because I think, you know, people who are type A's, people who are leaders, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes people think like, oh, you must be all good. <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm a hot mess today, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, I, I a hundred percent agree with that. And so I have a nine-year-old daughter and just recently I've learned that she can be part of that with me now, yeah. um, that it's better for all of us and especially for our one-on-one -on -one relationship, me and her, when she sees me fail, yep, when she absolutely. sees me cry yep. and you know, I, I don't let her see me cry with every single thing I do. Cause some topics I don't, I'm not ready to cover with her because right. of her, you know, she's nine, nine. Yeah. but um, just a quick example. The other day, she, um, <laughs> I was in the kitchen and I was making a, I make a chocolate protein shake, right? And for breakfast. And I put it in my ball jar and I accidentally knocked it over and it went freaking everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. like on the stool, on the table, on the floor. And I, I stopped and I looked and I was like, Hmm, that kind of stinks. I'm going to have to clean this all up. And it's not easy. Like it's, I mean, it's easy. I mean, let's be real. Like first, first world problems. Like I got to clean up my yeah. shake today, but it was just really, really messy. And I went and got her, she was in her room and I was like, you've got to see what I just did. And well, because she, like as kids, do you remember like you spilled something and you'd be like, oh my God, like you would think the world would end yes. because and maybe our parents just, would freak out at us. Right. But yeah, exactly. Well, she saw it and she was just like, oh, mommy. <laughs> oh, I loved mom. it. And she's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to clean it up, of course. And she's like, well, good luck with that. And then she leaves. <laughs> But then, so it was a funny, it was a funny conversation. She got to see, like, she got to see me make a, a, a mistake, which was really powerful. And 
she's starting to learn to pick up on if I'm feeling down, she can tell. And she'll ask me like, hey, what's going on today? Or, and she's like tapping into it. I was like, oh, this is good. I need to just continue to nurture this to not only become, so she can become like a kind, productive member of society, but also for our relationship. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a really powerful message to say to, to parents who are listening right now too, you know, during COVID, like as parents, as teachers, whoever it is, we are messing up right, left and backwards. Like Mm -hmm. we, we just are because this is territory and that's okay. Um, whereas I think sometimes parents try to shield their kids from the mess ups, mm-hmm. you know, rather than, you know, just say, Hey, I'm human too. Like burst mm-hmm. that bubble now. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I said, I'm, I'm, there's some things that I'm not ready to explain. Like, why are you sad about that? And then there's some things that I'm not quite equipped as a parent yet to, to I don't want to say for lack of better words, to dumb it down to a nine-year-old yeah. world, but like, some things are really complex right now, like politics. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to like translate the debate or whatever. No, the is right. son. <laughs> but she needs to understand what an election is and the impact yes. it can have, mm-hmm. but she doesn't need to understand why two grown men are yelling at each other. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which is a whole other podcast episode. I know. I know. I think I woke up with um, an emotional hangover from the debate last night, but yeah, yeah. For let's those not of you we let's, are more we are mourning after the first debate. Yes, let's <laughs> not go there though. <laughs> but anyways, well, so what is kind of one last thing that you think as entrepreneurs we absolutely just we just need to know? Like one thing that you want to drive home or that maybe you didn't mention that as female entrepreneurs in particular, yeah, you really need to know. Um, well, I it is something that I kind of already mentioned, but um the, the fact that you really need to look at a holistic, like a holistic view of your life when you're evaluating the success of your business. Um, as I mentioned, I think fulfillment and joy are part of the key performance indicators. Mm-hmm. Now, just like any other metric, that can go up or down depending on if you're in a season of hustle or if you're in a season of rest, all of that. I think it's so important. Um, And that was one of the driving factors with my starting my subscription box was to add a little happy to your hustle because hustle has got such a bad connotation in many, in many ways that it's, it's used. Um, There's, you know, the hustle, hustle, hustle mentality. And then there's like the happy hustle mentality. Yeah. I prescribe to the happy hustle and I would encourage your listeners to do the same because you, you can, and I don't want to say it's a balance because it's not even, you know, integration. I call yeah. it integration. Yeah. And, and there's figure out what brings you joy, um, figure out what brings you pain and outsource that if you can yeah. find, find a way where there's a will, there's a way. Um, but yeah, I just, I really, really believe that when you're building a life and business by design, it's not just about revenue. It's not about running a race against anyone else. Um, I tell that to my, my coaching students all the time that I say, it's not that you are trying to hit a thousand subscribers, for example, it's what are the revenue goals that you have that are going to help you build the life that you want? Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I I hear that a lot where people are like, well, what's your bottom line? And I love how you said fulfillment and joy are key performance indicators, because to me, I've had the six figures Mm -hmm. and that wasn't that was miserable, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it, I know that there is no direct tie. Do I think there's a tie between like your bottom line and your ability to be free and create and, you know, whatever, sure, fine. But um, being able to really look holistically at your life and like you said, you know, design it, design it yeah. by intention. 
Yep. And that takes time sometimes. So don't ever compare your day one to someone else's day exactly. 100 or 1000. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're going to learn the hard way with some things and then you're going to learn faster with mentors. So I encourage people to find mentors. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for today. Tell people where they can find you, you know, and how, how, of course, how most importantly, how they sign up. Yeah. Um, you guys can find me at sparklehustlegrow.com. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook with just the handle at, at Sparkle Hustle Grow. Um, so if you want to say hi, just DM me in, in the Instagram and I will respond. I love hearing from people and, you know, um, you can also find me if you're interested in launching your own subscription box, that information is at subscriptionboxbootcamp.com. And that's the same thing on Facebook and Instagram at subscriptionboxbootcamp. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if you are a member of the Surviving Entrepreneurship Community, um, which you should be, and you should also be in Julia's community and sign up for her box too, please. Um, I'll drop a link directly in there so that you can check out the subscription box. And I can't say enough amazing things about it and just the courses that it comes with and the books and just the cool products. My husband was using like the coffee packets the other day. (laughs) I loved it. So um, thank you so much for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. This was super fun. And I really appreciate you giving women a platform to talk about the hard stuff. You're welcome. Thank you. Yep. So one of the most important things that I really want you to take away from this episode is that, you know, is to take care of yourself. And I understand that that's easier said than done sometimes, you know, but take it from me who I have learned firsthand because many people do not know that unless you are in my immediate circle. But right after this podcast launched, you know, my body gave out. So my body stopped working. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which is, um, you know, essentially your body's attacking your thyroid. And, you know, I'm very thankful for systems processes and, and my VA. Because, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't functioning at my, at my best and, you know, the pandemic and all the stuff I'd been juggling had taken a toll. So take it from me when I tell you that taking care of yourself, taking care of your mind, taking care of your body, you know, those are the things that are going to lead to success for your business because without your mind and your body working, your business isn't going to go that far. So take a moment, especially right now, we're smack dab in the middle of holiday season. You know, it doesn't take much, 15 minutes a day, you know, reach out to a friend, pour into somebody else, because that may give you the boost that you need, but just take care of yourself. And on next week's episode, We are tackling some heavy topics. My guest is Michael G. Dash, who is an entrepreneur, a best-selling author of the book, Chasing the High. He's a business coach, but folks, he is also, you know, a speaker, philanthropist, but also a recovering addict. So we are diving deep on the next episode about where the intersection of addiction and entrepreneurship meet. You won't want to miss it, folks. And as always, if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review. And, you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life, right? See you later.